Hey, welcome to another episode of the We Love Moms Fantasy Football Podcast. Today, I am joined by three of my closest friends. Um, we got Dana Zach. Yo. Sobi Shah. Ayo, ayo. And new to the podcast this week, Timmy Ring. What's going on, guys? Mr. President Ring, and that is... Mr. President, Mr. President. So, speaking of Mr. President, we will start with Timmy. Um, each week that we have a new member of our Keeper League on, we like to have them talk a little bit about the league. Timmy's been in the league since the middle school days. He's one of the original members of the league. Um, his team, as he will tell you, is struggling a little bit this year, but he is typically one of the uh, the strong strong fancy players in our league so it's 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 kind of weird to see him down at the bottom so i'll, I'll let him uh, talk a little bit about that so i'll tell you what it is a rebuilding year for team reagan um <laughs> the draft did not go the way i wanted to um lesson learned i will never draft hung over again um, <laughs> word of the wise it does not turn out well but yeah, this is a, this is the type of year I'm trading all the assets I don't need, collecting a ton of picks. I've got I think seven picks in the first three rounds going into next year, um, so it's going to be a good 2023. But 2022 is pretty bleak at the moment. Yeah, and just speak a minute on uh, what the league has meant to you over the years, and what you enjoy about fantasy football, and what you enjoy about our league in particular. Oh, man, this league is so much fun. Um, you as a commissioner have really done a good job um, putting this together, getting everybody involved. And, um, you know, one thing about this league that's so great is there's so many trades and there's so many people willing to go all in on one year while other people like me can just take a back seat and rebuild next year. It's really interesting to see the dynamic between these teams. But, man, fantasy football is the best. There's nothing like winning your week and just driving that high the whole way through the week. And then when you get a hit a low and you're losing and it sucks and then you come back and you win again, it just makes that high even better. I love it. It doesn't, I mean, it also helps that I am kind of a degenerate gambler. So, (laughs) you know, all of us can agree with that for sure. So um, we're going to move a little bit out of order today only because we're doing our pod on a Thursday night. I was out of town the last, few days so i appreciate the delay guys but uh i actually have the game on over my shoulder here we have the thursday night game tonight and that would be the carolina panthers and the atlanta falcons um they put on a show a couple weeks ago uh atlanta's a two and a half point favorite on the road here in charlotte supposedly the weather is supposed to be windy and rainy and uh, i saw the the crew that was commentating is in like a little hut so i know that it's the weather is a little weird but um, Dana, what are your thoughts on this game? And do you think they're going to put on the same kind of show or is the weather going to put a damper on, on the, uh, on the mood tonight? Um, well, in regards to, to both teams, starting with the Falcons, I, I'm just running the ball so much. I don't know if the weather is going to affect it in its entirety. Um, obviously joking around when it comes to the passing game, when Mariota throws his 15 passes this week, um, it, it will have some kind of effect, but these teams both have a solid set of running backs, maybe not top tier, but um, they both love running the ball. And especially when you have PJ Walker at the horn and for Carolina, um, how much trust do you put in him when you saw them get blown out last week at the first half by Joe Mixon and the Bengals. And then 
Baker Mayfield came in and obviously it was the whole second half was garbage time. So it sparked a little bit of uh, a little bit of fight in uh, the Panthers. So I'm, I'm excited for this game because it is a, a, you know, in the division in a, the conference matchup. So it'll be fun because this, this division is wide open with all the teams having a negative record at this point. So I think it'll be a fun game. Yeah. It's hard to believe that the Falcons are actually tied for the, <laughs> the division lead with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers at four and five. So if the Falcons win tonight, they would have to go atop of the NFC South. Uh, hard to believe, but uh, no one really uh, counted the Falcons in for this year. Uh, I'll go to Sobe here. Are, are there any, are there any fantasy assets that are worth starting in this game? You know, you got Marcus Mariota, you got Baker Mayfield starting a quarterback. You got, the likes of Cordero Patterson that's back at running back this week, DJ Moore for the uh, for the Panthers. Is there anyone that you're starting personally in this game, Sobe, or anyone that you think is worth starting? Well, granted with the situation with the weather, um, I think it's going to be very heavy running back suited. So uh, yeah. Chuba Hubbard is going to have a big game with uh, on the Panthers and then uh, Patterson on – the Falcons probably will be getting a lot of touches. Uh, I don't, I don't see a whole lot of throws uh, in this day. So, um, yeah, I think you can't go wrong with any of the running backs in this in this game. It's probably better that they don't have Baker Mayfield throwing the ball. I wouldn't be surprised if PJ Walker comes in and replaces him at some point tonight. But got to give him another chance, I guess. See what they have, and if they need to rebuild with a new quarterback, which I I think would be an overwhelming yes. Yeah, Baker's going to be running to the right all day and, and <laughs> slipping it out of his hands into the out-of-bounds all day. So just real quickly, Tim, uh, who's winning this game tonight before they kick off? They're doing the, the national anthem right now. Panthers or Falcons? I'm going to go Falcons. Cordell so, Patterson, two touchdowns. Oh, he's even putting in tonight. Sobe, your pick? I got the Falcons as well tonight on Thursday night football. And Dana. Yeah, I'm going to have to agree. I'm going to say Atlanta takes this one as well. Clean sweep with the Falcons. I agree. So uh, we'll, we'll skip back to week nine and just do a quick recap of some of those games um, from last week. If my computer would let me. Here we go. Um, last week's Thursday night game was actually a, a big surprise. I'll do a quick recap of this game. Um, I stayed up and watched it because it was exciting until the very end. We had the uh, the Eagles on the road in Houston against the one and five at the time Texans. Uh, the Eagles end up staying undefeated in this game. Jay Hurts, two hundred forty three yards passing, two touchdowns, twenty one and twenty seven. Again, another efficient performance. Um, as I say every week, in my opinion, the MVP of the league this year. Um, but Damian Pierce really stole the show for the Houston Texans, ran all over the, the Eagles defense, which is usually pretty stout. Um, 27 carries, 139 yards. He seems to be a promising back moving forward um, for anyone in dynasty leagues, which you know a lot of people here are in our dynasty league as well. Um, he's a name that I would definitely have circled moving forward uh, for years to come at the running back position. And it really does seem that Jalen Hurts has found a good connection with Dallas Goddard. Eight receptions, 100 yards, one touchdown. Um, you know, this is what was expected of him at the tight end position heading into the season, and it didn't necessarily come to fruition until the last few weeks. So, you know, tight end is such a volatile position, as we've mentioned in the past few weeks. And if you're looking for a solid 
starting tight end, set it, forget it. Dallas Goddard is your guy, I think, uh, moving forward. Jalen Hurts and him seem to have a really good connection. Plus, of course, a- anyone in the Eagles offense is worth starting. A.J. Brown, even Devontae Smith, um, all of these guys in the Eagles offense until further notice are, you know, startable. Uh, it's going to be an interesting matchup next week um, because I believe it's the Philadelphia Eagles and the Minnesota Vikings, two very um, – you know, high power offenses in the NFC. So I'll be interested to see uh, how that game goes. But are you talking uh, about Thursday night football for uh, next week? No, let me, maybe I'm. Yeah, it's Titans and Packers. Ah, uh, no, no, I was, I was wrong. It's Vikings Bills that's on the docket for next week. That's, that's the exciting game I'm looking forward to. But nevertheless, the first uh, Sunday game that I want to talk about. Um, I'll have Timmy talk about this one. Chargers and the Falcons, uh, surprisingly low-scoring game on the Chargers end of the ball, 20-17. to 17. Um, Justin Herbert, Timmy, uh, he's kind of had an up-and-down year this year. Um, do you think there's something wrong with this Chargers offense? Do you think Justin Herbert's just kind of in a, a slump at the moment? Um, what are your thoughts about this Chargers offense? You know, uh, Herbert's had a tough time. He's lost both uh, Mike Williams and Keenan Allen. Um, so, you know, that you're talking about your top two receivers. Uh, so he's he's not having the type of play that you'd like to see from him. But even with that being said, this was an ugly game. Um, they made some mistakes at the end, um, but they got lucky. Austin Eckler had a fumble that turned out it wasn't a fumble. It was a very close call. Um Going forward, I think Austin Eckler is still a monster. You can't go wrong with him. He's a start every week. Um, he's like instant RB1 probably. And on top of that, you think about Josh Palmer stepping in for the Keenan Allen role, eight receptions, 106 yards. Uh, Keenan Allen's out again this week. I would look to him. You, you know, he could be a good receiver too or flex position there. Um, outside of that, there's not a lot of people I like on this team. You know, maybe Jared Everett, if you need a streaming uh, tight end. And then you look at the Falcons side, we got them playing tonight. Uh, I mentioned Cordero Patterson. I think he's going to score two touchdowns tonight. He had two last week coming back from some injuries. Um, you know, this team really needed him, and I really like his game. I think he's a really good player. Um, outside of that, this game, again, it was ugly. Marcus Mario only only 12 uh, completions for 129 yards. He missed a ton of passes with Kyle Pitts. So Kyle Pitts only ended up with two receptions, 27 yards. He could have had a lot more. Uh, you know, one of the biggest misses they had was right over the middle. He had beaten the defender. You know, he would have taken it to the house, but uh, Mariota just overthrew it. So um, kind of an ugly game, very low scoring considering the Chargers, but I think Justin Herbert's going to bounce back as he starts to get some of these receivers back from injuries. Absolutely. Hey, uh, hey, hey Timmy, let me intervene real quick and ask you a quick question. Um, <clears throat> if they, um, from the Falcons' perspective, if they change out quarterback to maybe, you know, they just drafted Desmond Ritter, if they get more of a passer in that offense, do you think that that offensive, the, the receivers being Kyle Pitts and Drake London, do you think that they can surge in fantasy boards and actually be relevant? Kyle Pitts, absolutely. I'm still a little bit unsure 
with the rookie in Drake London. I think he's talented, but Kyle Pitts, absolutely. I mean, just watching the tape on him, he's outstanding. He's such an athlete. You just need somebody to throw him the ball. Absolutely. I'll, I'll say in our dynasty league, I really reached on in our startup last year, and it, it's been really frustrating for me at this point because I know the talent that he has. He just he needs a quarterback to throw him the ball. And, and as I say that, I'm looking over my shoulder, and Mariota just missed a five <laughs> to Kyle. <laughs> yeah, I, I just just the last – Last final words on that. Um, I actually made a trade for Kyle Pitts in this league, and Colin has Kyle Pitts in a dynasty league. Um, it's been a very, very frustrating year for uh, for Kyle Pitts. I haven't been an owner of him for very long, but the person that I got him from actually kept him as one of his three keepers, um, thinking, you know, assuming that this was going to be an explosive year for him. Um, I'm honestly probably going to keep Kyle Pitts next year. I think that he could easily be a top five tight end in this league. If he gets someone that can actually throw him the ball, he's, he's a, a giant target. He's very big. He's very fast. He reminds me a lot of Kelsey with the way he moves and how quick he is. Um, and if you have a linebacker covering him in the future, I think that he's a, he's going to be a really good choice. Yeah. He just had a nice uh, ten out route for a first down here. So hopefully he uh, has a this evening. Uh, next game we'll talk about, I'll have Dana talk about a little bit. And this was uh, a really exciting back-and-forth contest. It was the Dolphins and the Bears. And it, it seems like Justin Fields has really come alive offense. They seem to have found a sweet spot for him, both as a runner and as a quarterback. Um, Dana, is Justin Fields a must-start quarterback, top 12 quarterback moving forward until further notice? I, I I think for sure, um, top 12, maybe even top 10, depending on the matchups. Um, you know, I told you, we talked about it on the podcast last week about how much I really like Justin Fields. Um, for the past three, for the past three weeks, he's actually the number one scoring player in all of fantasy. So he has the most points within the past three weeks. And with, with having a running quarterback, you're always going to get value more value than somebody who stands in the pocket even like a Kirk Cousins you know the, um, the Vikings I think have one loss yeah they're seven and one in the year um, and like even having Kirk Cousins you know who's going to put up decent numbers will never have the same value as someone like Justin Justin Fields where in this game completed he threw for the most attempts he has all year 28 um, 17 of 28 with three touchdowns only 123 yards so he's not throwing very far but the touchdowns is really what's most important. 15 carries, most carries on the entire team for 178 yards and a rushing touchdown. He put up an absolute monster performance from, you know, his perspective and them being down most of the game. Um, you know, it's what I was expecting from, um, from them. And I really liked seeing that. I, I give Justin Fields a lot of credit. Um, I think that, you know, with them trading away a lot of pieces from their defense and, you know, kind of rebuilding, um, if they get – if they give Justin Fields a line and he has a better chance to run the ball and to throw the ball, I think that going forward, he could be a really, really great fantasy quarterback and quarterback in the NFL. Um, Darnell Mooney uh, finally is, is, is getting some yards, seven catches, 43 yards and a touchdown, not a bad fantasy day. Um, I think a big thing is Cole Komet though, getting five catches, 41 yards and two touchdowns um, on six targets. He was tied with Chase Claypool for, the most targets on Chicago. So that's, that's what we like to see from a tight end perspective. I think he's a, he's also in a 12 team league. He's a starter for you. Um, the dolphins continue to just do what the dolphins do. They only rushed 23 times. 
but Tua's 21 for 30, um, 21 for 30 and pass attempts, three touchdowns, 300 yards. Um, Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle look absolutely phenomenal this year. Um, you know, we were, people were worried at the beginning of the year. Tyreek Hill actually fell, fell a little bit farther than anticipated in drafts because of the, you know, going from Patrick Mahomes to Tua, you didn't really know what you were getting, but him putting up seven catches, 143 yards and a touchdown is, is Tyreek for you. That's the cheetah. Um, Jalen Waddles continuing to do well himself. Um, between the two of them, they had 15 of basically half of to his targets, 15 of his 30. And he went five for 85 and a touchdown. Um, I think you're starting the two of them. If you have them Tua, I think is a great quarterback. And if you have them, you're starting him too. And that's obviously you have a, a, you know, Josh Allen, or maybe you're teetering between him and Justin Fields. If you were able to pick up Justin Fields from the waiver wire before anybody else did, but um, it was a very fun game. Very exciting. A lot of fantasy points. Yeah, speaking of a lot of fancy points, the next game we'll talk about, I'll have Sylvie talk about this one, is our uh, AFC North rival Bengals and the Panthers, 42-21 Bengals. I mean, this day was highlighted, obviously, by Joe Mixon's five-touchdown performance, 22 carries, 153 yards, four rushing touchdowns, one receiving touchdown. Where has this been all season? I mean, obviously, uh, by the end of the year, if we look at his point, it's going to be up there towards but it might be just this one performance that really puts him there. Um, but because the emphasis is run, Joe Burrow, um, you know, had a lackluster performance. So my question to you, Sobe, is no Jamar Chase. Joe Mixon seems to be on fire. Joe Burrow, it, we can trust starting a, a top 12 quarterback each week until Jamar Chase comes back or – um, what are your thoughts about the Bengals offense that's finally taking off? I've always I've always liked Joe Burrow. I've always liked Joe Mixon, and I hate to say this as a Browns fan, but Joe Mixon, you know, year after year has has set a good uh, bar on uh, being a lead running back uh, in the NFC North. Um, Burrow still very young, um, and to see him thrive uh, very early on in his career you know, making it to the playoffs last year. Um, and so, you know, I I think they're definitely an elite team. So if you have Joe Mixon or Joe Burrow on your team, I definitely think it's worth a start. Um, even though the Browns did kick their butt on Monday Night Football the week before. Um, yeah. you can, I think you'd be safe to, to get those guys a start. Yeah, and then, you know, right now T. Higgins and – Boyd are the, the two receivers that are kind of stepping up in uh, Jamar Chase's absence. Those two guys also worth a start in your opinion, Sobe? Yeah. Probably one of the most elite, uh, elite players in the league as well. So, um, you know, I, I'm a big fan. Uh, definitely start him. And uh, sorry, I Jadavion Clowney just texted me just to set up a session and so I was just responding to him I was like I've I've been hurt I've been hurt from him all season long and this guy you know Jadavian if you're hearing this podcast (laughs) you you got hurt you screwed up your ankle you reached out to me to work with you and I never responded back we could have prevented that injury my guy and then you're you've been out for weeks and now you're hitting me up week 10 man Come on, come on. Well, something obviously wasn't working, so he's he's coming to the 
to the guy. Now he now he knows he's coming to the guy. I love it. So <laughs> well, get ready for those future matchups against the Bengals and the Ravens coming down the road. Big AFC North matchups. So yeah, uh, but yeah, Jamar Chase is one of the best in the leagues. Uh, you know, one of the best wide receivers. You know, fortunately, what is he out for? Uh, yeah, ankle, he's hip for weeks. Yeah, his hip. Yeah, so I think it's, he's had an ongoing hip problem pretty much what all year long. Yeah, it seems to have gotten so bad that he had to sit out here in the last few weeks. Yeah, so if Jamar Chase is here in this podcast, slide in my DMs. I'll take care of you as well. <laughs> well, I get the pleasure of talking about the Green Bay Packers and the Detroit Lions. What an exhilarating game. 15-9 to Detroit. The Green Bay Packers ring the alarm bells. This team is in trouble. Um, they ended up not trading for a wide receiver at the trade deadline, their M.O., Although I heard reports this week that they did attempt to trade for Chase Claypool. They did attempt to um, try and trade for Darren Waller from the Las Vegas Raiders, um, but were unsuccessful in both of those attempts. So they, they did try to add weapons to this offense, but I think the biggest problem right now is Aaron Rodgers does not look like the reigning MVP from the last two years. 23 of 40, uh, 23 for 43. Oh, my goodness, 291 yards, one touchdown against arguably the worst defense in the league, the Detroit Lions. Um, so he's really struggling. The thing I want to highlight, though, as a uh, former DeAndre Swift owner, as I just traded him away in our, our keeper league, a, a very controversial trade over the last few days, um, he seems to have lost his role as the lead back in Detroit. I don't know if this is because he's not completely healthy. I don't know if this is because they're trying to avoid future injury. It's not like they're playing for a playoff position. They're two and six. Um, so in my eyes, I don't know if this is they just trying to keep him healthy moving forward for next season or if they genuinely think Jamal Williams is the lead back who should be handling the bulk of the carries. He had 24 carries in this game for 81 yards, not in like terribly efficient by any means but when you have a running back getting that many carries he's worth a start on a week-to-week basis until deandre swift um, kind of reclaims his role if i'm not mistaken deandre swift only had five touches in this game and something like only 10 snaps um in such a close game you want your best players on the field so to me that just says he's not healthy right now and, and the coaching staff just cannot trust him to stay healthy but in terms of the Green Bay Packers, moving forward, really the only person that's worth starting on that offense, probably Alan Lazard. Four receptions, 87 yards, a touchdown. He seems to be Aaron Rodgers' go-to target. And I know Dana's boy, Romeo Dobbs, who he was hoping would really turn into something this season, went down with an injury in this one and is going to miss the next several weeks. So, um honestly I'm staying away from both of these offenses as much as I can Jamal Williams is worth starting Amon Ross St. Brown is probably still worth starting but I'm not starting Aaron Rodgers and that's it's hard to say as he's an elite quarterback it's just it's ugly right now he does not look like himself the next game uh I'll have Timmy talk a little bit about Colts and the Patriots uh the Colts have just given up on the season. Um, it, it really does look like 
they are trying to to tank. <laughs> I know the NFL really tries to avoid tanking, but this is a perfect prime example of it. Uh, Timmy, is there anyone on this Colts offense? That's John Taylor, who I know you have pieces of in your fantasy leagues. Any of these? Yeah. Ready? I mean, if Jonathan Taylor's back, he's got to be a start. The draft capital to pay to get him, you know, first round, probably number one overall or 102, you got to start him if he's healthy. Outside of that, I don't trust anybody. Um, Even Michael Pittman? I mean, Michael Pittman has been such a disappointment. And with Sam Ellinger or Ellinger, however you say his name, he's – He's not the guy. Now, if Matt Ryan comes back in with this new coach, uh, Jeff Saturday, who I don't even want to get into why you would bring him in. He's, I mean, I understand his association with the Colts, you know, being a Hall of Fame player. But in terms of coaching, I mean, he's only coached a high school football team. It's really interesting why they would do something like that. Like you said, it's got to be some form of tanking without saying they're tanking. Um, but, yeah, I wouldn't touch Michael Pittman. Wouldn't touch Alec Pierce, wouldn't touch Paris Campbell, wouldn't touch any of those guys. Um, you know, at best, you're going to get like five, six points unless something crazy happens. But more than likely, there's somebody you can adjust to. I would fade all those guys. And then on the uh, Patriots side of the ball, uh, Ramon Stevenson you know, only had 60 yards rushing. Uh, what do you think about this Patriots offense fantasy wise? Yeah, I think this is. Um, you know, Jacoby Myers is normally a pretty solid PPR player. He, it looks like he had a bit of a down week, five receptions, 42 yards. Normally that, uh, that yardage is going to be up a little bit more. He'll probably be closer to like the 12 to 15 point range in full 15, or I'm sorry, uh, full PPR for most weeks. So he's definitely a good receiver to slash flex position. Um, outside of that, Ramondre Stevenson obviously is a must start every week at this point. <clears throat> Damian Harris, um, he's dealing with injuries. He didn't play this game, so he sat out. And even if he does play, like we saw the week before, uh, Ramondre Stevenson still steals the show. He's got the passing downs. He's going to get the receptions, and more than likely, he's going to hit a big play. Um, <clears throat> outside of that, there's really not too many people I like on this team. Yeah. I'd, like to, I'd like to add something. So because the Colts are trying to tank, is it because they're trying to get a draft pick for next year? Yeah, I'm thinking they're trying to get their uh, future quarter. Many teams are trying to get because it's obviously not a 36-year-old Matt Ryan, and it's obviously not, you know, only start Sam Allen who can't throw the ball 10 yards down the field. So, um, yeah, it, it appears, I mean, they, they hired an inexperienced coach this week. Uh, the, the big story in the NFL is that um, they're going to have a play caller that has never called plays at either the high school, college, or professional level. Um, so <laughs> it, it's going to be ugly. And, you know, fortunately for them, they're going against a team that's also struggling in the Las Vegas Raiders. But, um, man, it's it, it does appear that they have just given up on the season completely. So over there in Indianapolis, but it looks like the Colts made the decision to fire uh, head coach Frank Reich. So yep. is that to kind of have a cover up? In, yeah, in your in my opinion, so because isn't there a specific rule about uh, in games for 
you know, getting back uh, due to draft picks to exactly. the team. To me, there there will probably be an investigation down the road of was this done potentially for tanking reasons, and are they looking to the college quarterbacks, uh, you know, including C.J. Stroud of Ohio State, and you know the likes of you know the Alabama, you know Bryce Youngs and those types of people. So um, I don't know. It it's interesting to hire someone like Jeff Saturday as your head coach, but. Maybe they know something we don't know, uh, and they're getting a dark horse guy in, and they turn things around. But uh, to me, I don't think you're going to do that with Sam Ellinger. But we'll see. The uh, hey, imagine the madness if Jeff Saturday <laughs> goes out there and just runs the table because they could theoretically win this division. They could. I mean, it's just be insane. Imagine the head coaching hires after this. There's going to be all sorts of ridiculous players posing sure. as head coaches. Yeah. <laughs> really been a trend in the NFL over the last few years is is hiring guys that are relatively unknown, maybe outsiders that uh, haven't necessarily had the experience. Think about the the Los Angeles Chargers and their hire. Um, I'm drawing a blank on their head coach's name at the moment, but he was a, a former John Carroll assistant coach, and now he's the head coach of the Los Angeles Chargers. So um, very smart guys, obviously, guys that have been you know, working with football and, and stuff like that, but not a lot of former NFL players. Like it's a lot that have just been around football and they use analytics and that really seems to be the trend in the NFL nowadays. But um we'll move on to the next game. Huge upset and that was the Jets and the Bills. Um does seem that perhaps Josh Allen may have picked up a an injury in this game. Dana, your thoughts on Josh Allen moving forward? And if Josh Allen's out for any extended period of time, does this affect you wanting to start anyone in this Bills offense? And the Jets, like, are the Jets legit? They're 6-3. and three. They win 20-17 to 17 in this game. Um, we trust people in this Jets offense to start fantasy-wise. So I was able to catch the tail end of this game on uh, Sunday, and it was, it was a, a real thriller at the end. It was awesome. To, it, was, it was fun to watch. Um, you know, I'll start with Josh Allen in, in those regards. Um, obviously, it's a no-brainer if he's out there, you're starting him. Um, you know, if I was, if I were Buffalo, um, I would highly consider looking at his health at least over the next few weeks, depending on what they come up with with the injury he picked up. Um, you know, he's of course him being the quarterback, he's going to say he's fine, just like Tua did. Um, you know, when he said he was fine, and then he went out there, and we all know what happened there. Um, <clears throat> but when you're, if you're Buffalo and you you have Super Bowl aspirations, um, to have your franchise quarterback miss a week, maybe two, if needed, even if you come out of it at you know six and four, if you lose both of your next games, I mean, they did just go and get Case Keenum, who is is a decent quarterback. Um, I think he's I think he's a decent plug in for for Buffalo. I wouldn't be opposed to starting him just because they have those great, those great weapons and Stefan Diggs and maybe Gabe Davis gets more. Um, maybe he gets more looks if Case Keenum does come out and start. Um, but the, my biggest takeaway from Josh Allen again is, is his injury. I would, I would definitely, if you have him on your roster, keep an eye out of, of his status coming forward for the next couple of days to see if he is going to play on Sunday. Um, but you know, you might want to be cautious if you're Buffalo, as I mentioned, um, on the Jets side, I don't think you're starting Zach Wilson, but he's 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 fun to watch. That whole offense is fun to watch. Um, the trade for James Robinson, it looks like you know no 
neither of these running backs and Michael Carter or James Robinson look like Brees Hall did when he was out there, just absolutely, you know, blowing up the, blowing up the field as a rookie. But um, the two of them, I think are good complementary backs to each other. Um, if you have Michael Carter, he's probably a decent flex spot play just because of the 12 carries, uh, 76 yards and a touchdown that he got. Um, and he's also getting a, a few targets. I mean, he only got one this game, but he's also getting a few targets out of the backfield. So if, if you have to start him, definitely not a bad choice, but I would, I would look to shy elsewhere. Um, Garrett Wilson has looked really, really good um, this week, nine targets, which is, you know, I always look for volume. Um, nine targets is really big. Eight catches, 92 yards, no touchdowns, but still a serviceable fantasy day. Um, the one, one player that I wanted to talk about a little bit um, is on the Buffalo end is Gabe Davis. Um, he is their number two, but it's just a, it's a very, 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 very up and down with him. Um, he's kind of like Mike Williams from the chargers. If he's out there being on the Buffalo bills offense being as high powered as it is, I think you're, if, unless you have really good options, you're probably starting him, but on the year, he has a total of 18 receptions, 18 total receptions through the year. And that is absolutely insane after eight games. Um, there's, there's people like I just mentioned, um, Garrett Wilson, who had eight catches this game. Um, you know, it, it's, it's kind of hard because you, you kind of feel forced to start him because of Buffalo offense. If you have the option to put him on the bench, great, but you might miss out on the weeks like he had, you know, a few weeks ago, um, you know, three or four weeks ago against Pittsburgh, where he caught three catches, 171 yards and two touchdowns. And if you see that on your bench, you're, you're not going to be happy, but it, it's, you know, I think he's another wide receiver that you're looking at that's a little bit of frustrating. But going forward, I, I don't think who, it matters who's under center. I think you're starting Stephon, uh, Stephon Diggs. Um, he's going to be just fine regardless. He's going to get the targets. And Gabe Davis, if you have him, I wish you luck. Yeah. Uh, another player that's uh, kind of been lackluster some weeks, and I'll, I'll have Sobe talk to him because I know he has him on his keeper uh, team this year that, that would be Dalvin Cook and that it's in our next game here the Vikings end up coming back from from behind against the commanders on the road um, Kirk Cousins at his old stomping grounds in Washington um, the Vikings are seven and one so my two questions to, to you Sobe are are the Vikings legit and Kirk Cousins and Justin Jefferson and Dalvin Cook make a run and push the Eagles for the NFC championship. Um, and is Dalvin Cook okay? He had 17 carries, 47 yards, doesn't seem very efficient. Um, if I'm not mistaken, he did have a receiving touchdown in this game, so that kind of saved his week. Um, but not the uh, the volume, uh, I guess the volume, yes, but not the efficiency that we typically would expect from Dalvin Cook. So have you been happy with Dalvin Cook this year on your fantasy team, Sobe? Yeah, I've been pretty happy with him. Um, of course, you know, with any player, you would want them to do better. Uh, I know he was a little bit of uh, injuries this season, um, but he's been staying pretty consistent where he would be on a, you know, questionable throughout the week and then, Sunday or Thursday, he'd be he'd be ready to go. Um, I I definitely think he's a, a must starter as he is uh, one of my keepers, and I think 
the Minnesota Vikings are a definite, definite uh, real deal. Uh, at sitting at seven and one, um, they're sitting pretty there. <laughs> um, I think going into, um, you know, looking back last week's game, I'm pulling that up over here. The one, one against the Washington Commanders who were four and five. Um, but that was their six, uh, six consecutive win. So, you know, that's, uh, you know, something to sh- show forth. Uh, Commanders not being a, the best team. So for them winning that game, you know, it was probably, you know, a must uh, in the first place. But uh, it's I think the Vikings are one of the best teams in the league right now in terms of their stats. Absolutely. Is Justin Jefferson the best wide receiver in the NFL? Ooh, I don't know if he's the best, but he, I think he's definitely top five. Yeah, he has to be, has to be. And uh, got to love Kirk Cousins' swag. I don't know if you saw the video of him with all of his chains on on the plane and he does his little dance, and then Adam Schefter actually <laughs> tried to mimic him and do it with his shirt off. It was a little weird, but uh, <laughs> Kirk Cousins got some swag for – a uh, guy that wears, you know, button-up collared shirts to his his press conferences. So, it's it's been a fun team to watch. That's for sure. Um, the next game, uh, another battle of two teams that are struggling, and that would be the uh, Jacksonville Jaguars and the Las Vegas Raiders. The Jaguars actually come back from behind. The Raiders actually started this game on fire in the in the first half, and just kind of fell apart in the second half. They didn't score a single point in the third or fourth quarter um, Jacksonville wins 27, 20 and that's highlighted by Travis Etienne, who has really taken over as the lead back for this offense, 28 carries, 109 yards, two touchdowns. He's a must start guy moving forward, a top five running back in the league, in my opinion, just with the volume and his ability to catch out of the backfield. Uh, Devonte Adams last week, put up a pretty much a goose egg had one reception um this week came out and made up for that 10 receptions 146 yards two touchdowns wanted to remind everyone that even with Derek Carr throwing him the ball he is still an elite wide receiver in this league um but again this Las Vegas Raiders team under Josh McDaniels another John Carroll alum I gotta shout out my John Carroll alumni uh they're struggling they're two and six and it does not seem that this team is able to finish games. Um, Josh Jacobs has really kind of fallen off the last two weeks. I don't think it's to the point where you're not starting him. I think the running back position is so volatile. If you have someone that gets the volume that he gets, um, you have to start Josh Jacobs. But Derek Carr, this this might be his last, last year as a starting NFL quarterback. I, I just don't see – how the Las Vegas Raiders can continue putting him out there on a week-to-week basis. Um, and if this team has high aspirations, I mean, obviously they went out and gave tremendous draft capital to get Devontae out. They're in win-now mode, and uh, their, their record does not reflect that. And to lose a game on the road to the Jacksonville Jaguars who are rebuilding, it's got to be a frustrating one, especially with their dominant first-half performance. So for me – Jacksonville-wise, it's Christian Kirk. You're still starting every single week. Travis Etienne. I don't think Trevor Lawrence is worth starting unless it's a bi-week replacement. I don't think Derek Carr is worth starting unless it's a bi-week replacement. Um, And then, 
you know, Darren Waller, I know Dana recently traded him away, if I'm not mistaken. Um, and he's been a frustrating player over the last few years, just has not been able to stay healthy. So, uh, you know, Dana, any thoughts on Darren Waller? <clears throat> uh, yeah, they just put him on the IR this week. Uh, yep. So he's not going to be available for you for the next four weeks. And that is leading into the fantasy playoffs for some leagues. You know, um, I did trade him away to Saxon, who is in uh, who is in the running for the playoffs. He is he's pretty much going to make it. It's like a 99% chance. Um, you know, and I, I received some compensation that I was happy with. Um, and, you know, he asked me, he's like, what is, do you have any idea what Waller's health is like? And, you know, Obviously, not being an NFL insider, I had no idea. He was, he's been a limited practice participant for the past three weeks, and then ga- it was a game time decision, and he didn't play. And now, uh, same thing. He, they just decided to put him on IR. So, um, unless Saxon makes it out of the first round of the playoffs, he's probably not going to have Darren Waller. And that's who's to say he's going to come back after four weeks of being absent. Um, if you have Darren Waller, I had him in two leagues. I put a lot of stock into him. Um, you're pretty frustrated with with him this year, um, not only because at the beginning of the year you were hoping that this offense was going to be fantastic, um, and it just t- hasn't turned out to be that way. Yeah, and uh, another surprise, but in the opposite way this year, has been the Seattle Seahawks. You know, as, as bad as the Las Vegas Raiders have been, you know, a lot of people thought they were going to compete for that division with the likes of the Broncos and the Chiefs. Obviously, they went all in. Uh, they have to in that division. No one thought the Seahawks were even going to come close to competing in a division with the likes of the San Francisco 49ers and the Arizona Cardinals and the Los uh, Angeles Rams. And yet they're six and three and they're sitting on the top of this division right now. Um, what are your thoughts about the Seattle Seahawks, Geno Smith, the emergence of Kenneth Walker the last few weeks, um, Timmy? And then on the reverse, the Arizona Cardinals, three and six. Kyler Murray was supposed to continue to grow as this elite running style quarterback in the NFL. He's gotten his weapons back with DeAndre Hopkins. They went out and got Marquise Brown, who's now injured. Um, what are your thoughts about these two offenses uh, fantasy-wise, Timmy? Man, this is such an interesting dynamic with the NFC West. I mean, you've got the Rams who won the Super Bowl. You've got San Francisco that went to the NFC Championship game. And you've got the Arizona Cardinals who just last year started, what, 11-0 and or something like that? And now, out of everything, Seattle, who trades their starting quarterback, who's possibly a Hall of Fame QB guy who brought them to a Super Bowl, and they, they roll out Geno Smith, and they are just destroying teams. It's 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 – it's such a great story to hear with Geno Smith and looking at the stat line, Geno Smith, 275 yards, two touchdowns. He's a decent start for fantasy. Um, He's got a lot of weapons. He looks really good out there when he's throwing the ball. Um, You know, if you have a really high end quarterback, like maybe Josh Allen, who might miss this week, he's absolutely a great pickup to stream this week. Um, Outside of that, Kenneth Walker has just exploded onto the scene. In terms of dynasty, he's got to be like the number one um, fantasy person right now, right? 
I mean, Brees Hall was the number one prospect, but yeah. with his injury, you don't know how long he's going to be out and how good Kenneth Walker has looked. It's just, yeah, this team is just loaded right now on offense. And then we haven't even talked about Tyler Lockett or DK Metcalf. Or even with, you know, Tyler Lockett only had five receptions, 67 yards, brought it back with a touchdown, saved the week for him. DK Metcalf, uh, five receptions, 37 yards and a touchdown. Those two are both must starts going into the season. If you're in a redraft, I wouldn't have touched either of those guys. Right. Um, the way this season has played out, wow. I mean, I'm just really impressed with the way this offense is moving. The flip side of that, man, Kyler Murray, there's a lot of people out there who probably paid a ton of draft capital for him, you know, probably fourth, fifth round. <clears throat> it's been pretty disappointing lately. Probably saved his week with uh, 60 yards on the rushing, but 175 yards through the air isn't great. He had two touchdowns there, but the guy like that, I would expect a little bit more from him. <clears throat> In terms of the running backs, this is the week I think James Conner came back, posted a pretty decent stat line. I think going forward, he's going to be even better. Uh, he had five receptions for 19 yards. Uh, that's that's really good to see. That's probably what saved his week if you started him. Outside of that, DeAndre Hopkins doing DeAndre Hopkins things. You know, he only had four receptions, 36 yards, and a touchdown. And that's a pretty good week by most standards, but it kind of feels like a down week for him um, just because he's so good. And then uh, uh, kind of a surprising receiver for me is Rondell Moore, eight receptions, 69 yards. I think he's a pretty decent flex if you need to. I think he's kind of submitted himself as a wide receiver, too, now that Marquise Brown is injured. Um, I would feel comfortable starting him and getting a good 12 points every week. Yeah, and if I'm not mistaken, uh, Arizona Cardinals are the hard knocks middle of the season team. I think that actually starts here in the next few weeks. So I'm going to be really interested to watch that on HBO and, and to see what's going on inside the, the Cardinals franchise because – at three and six, you know, Cliff Kingsbury, I mean, his job could be in danger in all honesty. So um, I'm interested to see if they're able to turn it around moving forward because, you know, they went out and got J.J. defensive end and they went out and, and got Marquise Brown. So they, they were they were wanting to compete in that division and they're just not. Dana, I'll have you talk a little bit about the Rams and the Bucks. you know, the last two Super Bowl champions, if I'm not mistaken, uh, both – having lackluster starts to the season. Uh, the Rams end up losing this one, 16-13. Uh, to 13. On the road, in Tampa Bay, again, two high-power offenses that are just still not putting up high-power offense numbers. Tom Brady threw 58 times in this game, still only had 280 yards throwing. Uh, can you trust the Tampa Bay offense. Can you trust Chris Godwin? Can you trust Mike Evans with Tom Brady having these struggles? And on the flip side, Matthew Stafford, last year's Super Bowl champion. He's also doesn't seem fully healthy. Uh, even through that Cooper Cup's able to still have an eight reception, 127 yard performance. Um, are you trusting these offenses moving forward uh, and, and rolling their fantasy options? Um, <clears throat> I'll be real quick on the Los Angeles side. Um, if your name is not Cooper cup, I'm probably not starting you in my, in my league. 
uh, on my team. Um, Tyler Higby is the only other person that would I would give a vote, uh, notable mention to, only because um, the tight end position is 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 very very tough. Um, but he came up with a goose egg for you this week if you had him. I still think you're probably putting him out there unless you have a better tight end. Um, but when it comes to waiver wire, the only other person you're probably looking at is the uh, tight end from the other side, which is uh, Kate Otten. He actually came up with the uh, only touchdown from Tom Brady. Um, five catches, 68 yards, one touchdown. Um, as a tight end, that's a fantastic um, stat line. You're super, super happy with that. Um, you know, you, you never want to not believe in Tom Brady just because – you know, it's going to be, you keep telling yourself, I keep telling myself every week, it's like, all right, this is going to be the time. This is going to be the week Tom Brady puts up 40 points, 400 yards, four touchdowns. This is when Tom Brady comes in and does Tom Brady things. Um, we might see that next week because in his, you know, the, the start of his, his post-game press, he seemed very, very, very ecstatic that he came down and made a game-winning drive um, to, to win the game. Um, on, in the you know the final seconds of of this of this matchup, which was really fun to watch. Um, offensively, I, I have Chris Godwin in um, our keeper league. I'm not going to be keeping him, but me being two and seven, I'm going to start him. Uh, he's one of the better options I have. If you have him, you're probably also starting him because he's another one of those receivers. Um, you know, Mike Evans, of course, but he's another one of those receivers. With the past three games, he's gotten at least 10 targets, if not more. So, you know, him coming back and just getting that kind of volume, even though he only had 36 yards, he still had seven, seven catches. Um, they're not utilizing him like they did last year where they were giving him more uh, deeper throws. They're giving him more little, you know, slant routes in routes. So he's not getting the yardage that he did, but I think that that's going to change. Um, I'm, I'm real hesitant to start Leonard Fournette, who was a top back last year when he first went to Tampa, everybody like, nobody knew that he was going to be the way he was last year. And he ended up being a super, super viable fantasy back for you if you had him. And he started this year to, you know, kind of give you the same promise, but as of late, um, you know, he's still carrying the ball the most on the team, but Rashad white had eight carries and had more yards. Um, he's just getting stuffed in the backfield. He's not averaging the yardage that he did. He's got you five catches for 41 yards, which if you started him, it's going to give you a decent fantasy value from the PPR league, but overall I I'm kind of hesitant to start him going forward. So from this offense, I'm starting Chris Godwin. If I have him, probably still starting Leonard Fournette. And of course I'm starting Mike Evans. Yeah. And then the uh, last game of the week, or actually I lied last Sunday game. This was the Sunday night game. And then we'll talk about the Monday night game chiefs and Titans. And uh, the chiefs were big time favorites in this game. And it was close for most of the game the titans actually were were leading for a time and ends up going to overtime uh and Matt, patrick mahomes of course does patrick mahomes things and ends up helping the chiefs rally in this one soby patrick mahomes best quarterback in the league that's my question to you and then of course derrick henry 17 carries 115 yards two touchdowns best running back in the league i mean there, there's two you know, prime examples of players that you probably drafted very early on in drafts. Um, and plus Travis Kelsey, who I know you have on your keeper team. How, how have you liked having Travis Kelsey this year? Uh, yeah. Travis Kelsey has been obviously a very consistent uh, tight end on my roster. I think he's right now, I think he's number one 
in the position rank, according to ESPN. Um, Patrick Mahomes, position rank number two in the league. Um, yeah, I, I think the Patrick Mahomes is a is a definite magician. It's always fun watching him play, and finding ways to win games is what uh, what's what the best in the goats do. So, yeah, I, I give all the props to them, and yeah, I think Patrick Mahomes is the best uh, best in the league right now. And just a quick update, uh, I haven't been paying too close attention to the Panthers and Falcons, but P.J. Walker is in at quarterback. So I don't know if that means Baker got hurt or they benched Baker. I don't know. It's the second quarter, and P.J. Walker is is at quarterback. So uh, he, was um, the, he was the starter tonight. Did they, he? Uh, yeah, they announced him that he was going to be the starter. They kind of said that they didn't have any intentions on going to Baker. But, you know, so my thing is, is was that – because of the blowout that they just decided to switch to Baker to see what he had or what the case was. But uh, yeah, PJ Walker did start tonight. Wow. All right. Well, doesn't surprise I, me. <laughs> yeah. I'm not sure. I'm not sure what they're uh, going to do with Baker moving forward. We might see him in the Canadian league next year. Who knows? So uh, <laughs> back to this game with the chiefs uh, back to you, Sobe. obviously Patrick Mahomes, 68 pass attempts, 446 yards, just elite. Um, but the wide receiver position for the Chiefs has really been kind of topsy-turvy. They have Juju Smith-Schuster. They got Mal- uh, Valdez Scantling. They have, uh, I'm trying to think who else, McCole Hardman. Uh, are you starting any of these wide receivers on a, a week-to-week basis? Do you trust Schuster? He's had a few good weeks here the last few weeks. Um, McCole Hardman has had a few good weeks the last few weeks. Do you trust these receivers with how much Patrick Mahomes is throwing? I do. Uh, I I use I also have Juju Smith Schuster on my fantasy league. He isn't definitely my number one or number two receiver, but there's times in the bye weeks where injuries that needs to start, and um, he's currently in my flex position this week. Um, he's been averaging about 14 points a game for me, so he's definitely a good target. Um, of course, Travis Kelsey. Um, so, yeah, with having a um, center, uh, you can't really go wrong with any of the receivers on their starting round. Yeah, and then the only other question, I guess, with the Chiefs is at the running back position. You know, coming into the season, I, I'll, I'll admit, I was the one who drafted uh, Clyde Edwards-Alaire, thinking that he was going to kind of take over as the lead back in this offense, and he's been anything but the lead back, unfortunately. They really have gone with like a three-headed monster of Isaiah Pacheco and Clyde Edwards-Alaire and Jarek McKinnon. Um, none of them really having elite numbers on a week-to-week basis. Um, are you starting any of these running backs, Sobe? I mean, if that is your most backup of the backup, if you have no other options, um, you know, at that point, then maybe as a last resort. But that just happens when you – when you uh, you slice down three ways, you, you can't have elite stats when you're feeding the ball uh, multiple touches amongst multiple yeah. guys in the same uh, running back position. Um, but yeah, I don't even know who Isaiah Pacheco is. He's 23 years old. Yeah, Pacheco. A rookie. Yeah, Pacheco, rookie out of Rutgers, I'm assuming. Yep. Yep. Um, so yeah, he's a young guy and. I don't like I said I never even heard of him <laughs> until until uh, looking him up. But yeah, I think uh, 
if, if you have no other options, then start one of these young guys. Even uh, Clyde Edwards uh, Hilaire, he's 23 as well. Yeah, they, they, I think they've gone with the multi-headed approach. I think more and more NFL teams are going with that approach, but that's not very fantasy-friendly for us that are trying to get points on the fantasy end of things. So um, it, it does seem to be what NFL teams are heading you know, to do more and more. So, Which makes sense. You want to keep those guys healthy, keep them fresh, and uh, if you have multiple talented backs, then that's a luxury item. The last uh, game that we'll talk about for this week before we go to Dana's questions for the week, that was the Monday night game. The AFC North Ravens, uh, unfortunately, come out on top 27-13 in this one against the Saints on the road in New Orleans. Andy Dalton continues to start for the Saints. This week was pretty lackluster for him. 19 of 29, 210 yards, a touchdown. Um, Chris Olave, again, one of my starters in one of my leagues that I really depend on on a week to week basis, only had six receptions, 71 yards, but that led the way for the saints this week. Uh, it does sound as if, uh, Alvin Kamara could be facing a suspension potentially at the end of this season, if not heading into next season. Um, so that's something that if you are an Alvin Kamara owner, you might want keep a close eye on as that uh, court case is supposed to be starting here shortly. Uh, This stemmed from an incident that occurred at the, um, at the all-star weekend in Las Vegas, if I'm not mistaken, in which he got into an altercation. Um, But uh, just keep an eye on that. If that's someone that you rely on on a week to week basis on the other side of the ball, though, obviously I know Dana has told us week after week, you know, JK Dobbins was someone he put a lot of, investment in this year did not pan out for him unfortunately due to injury but it does seem that Kenyon Drake has found home in Baltimore and he had 24 carries 93 yards two touchdowns um, seems to be the lead back in this offense surprisingly I don't think anyone would have guessed that even when he came to the team uh, Gus Edwards of course has had some health issues himself uh, it just seems to be in the water in Baltimore for some reason over the last few years. The, the running back position has not been able to stay healthy. But, um, you know, and same with the wide receiver position, in all honesty. You know, there was a lot of hope around Rashad Bateman. We talked about last week. He's out injured uh, on the IR, uh, out for the rest of the season, if I'm not mistaken. So uh, this offense is able to find ways to win. Lamar Jackson has the air but uh, continues to put up elite numbers on the ground and uh, just finds ways to help his team win on a week-to-week basis. Any final comments on any of the games from this week before we move to Dana's questions? I got one comment. Tom Brady is undefeated as a divorced man. I just think that we should uh, (laughs) all think about Uh, that. Applause. Yeah, we well, we, we did talk about this. Uh, you know, he disappeared for a few weeks in the summer, and, and people had rumored, well, I think he was on The Masked Singer, right? You know, <laughs> all these different things, and little do we know, he was going through a divorce with his wife. Um, yeah, it, you're not wrong, Timmy. You're not wrong. <laughs> Dana, I'm going to hand the reins over to you, my friend. Uh, you got some questions for us for this week? Yeah, I do. And uh, before I get started, I just wanted to uh, mention a trade alert that happened in our Dynasty League uh, that Timmy, I, and Colin are in. Um, I was offered a trade um, out of the blue. 
um, to trade away Taysom Hill, and I was will be receiving Melvin Gordon and Cole Komet. Um, so I just got this trade request literally as, as we were going through the final segment of that, in which I decided to accept pretty quickly. Um, you know, I do like, I'm a, I'm a Saints fan, so I, I do like Taysom Hill, but he's just extremely inconsistent. He's rated the number six tight end right now, but that's because one week he had 31 fantasy points. Other than that, you just don't know what you're going to, you know, you just don't know what to expect from him. Um, and Cole Komet being 23, uh, 23 years young in that offense. I'm really, I mean, I'm, I'm super stoked about it. Um, I already have Zach Ertz, so he might be somebody that I look to, uh, I look to trade away going forward because, uh, you know, I'm also rebuilding as Timmy mentioned before he is. Um, I'm also rebuilding in that league. I am one in seven. So I'm, I'm currently getting whooped by everybody that passes me, but I'm looking forward to the future. So that was just a little update I wanted to toss out there. Yeah, great. I give that, an A minus, Dana. Obviously, you lose that upside with Taysom Hill, but moving forward, it's a no brainer for me. You know, Melvin Gordon might be done in this, but to get Cole Komet, I think was a no brainer. For sure, for sure. So, um, you know, I like to make, uh, I like to ask, you know, everybody, our guests, and Colin a few questions um, that are theme based. And with the four of us being here and uh, me um, becoming a fur dad, Colin becoming a fur dad. Uh, Colin or uh, Sabit and Timmy both being fur dads, um, I wanted to give praise to dog owners. So this week is going to be uh, dog themed. Um, so the Love games it. are going to be dog themed and then they're going to be, you know, I'm going to ask, say the game and then I'm going to ask a question to each of you. So uh, we're going to start with a famous dog who just got an animated movie. I believe it was like middle of last year, or maybe it was earlier this year. Um, and that is going to be Clifford. Clifford, the big red dog, red in all caps. So the game is this year, who has made you real red hot, you know, mad based on their performance or their team. Okay. So we'll start with Sabit. Sabit, who has made you red mad? Red hot, sorry. Probably the Browns not freaking sealing the deal, like, (laughs) what, three, four games out this year? Like, whether it be our defense, whether it be our special teams, whether it be our quarterback not sealing the deal, um, all the above. Maybe not running the ball with Nick Chubbs. And then there's games where we give the ball to Nick Chubbs and the defense stops him. So those are my red-hot moments where we're like – pin drop needle away from winning a game or, or with the, the one game where we lost with like a minute and a half left and we're up by like 16 points to the jets. Yeah. Those the jets. <laughs> I remember that one. Yeah. Yeah. I'll, I'll piggyback off of Sobe for my answer, honestly. And uh, that would be Kareem. Hunt. I have Kareem hunt in our keeper league this year. And, you know, the expectation was obviously that Nick Chubb, as Sobe mentioned, would be our lead back on the ground and he's had his weeks, obviously. He's he's an elite running back in this league. But Kareem Hunt, I mean, with him, it was supposed to be the dynamic duo. You know, in, in years past, he's really handled a lot of the third down work and a lot of the passing downs work and, you know, scored a lot in the, in the red zone. But he has been so unreliable. You know, I drafted him at potentially a flex or even a starting running back uh, from week to week. And, and he's just simply been unstartable. 
Uh, and now I, I recently traded away a few assets to get some future picks and some future uh, assets in our keeper league as you know, I'm kind of further down in the playoff rankings and don't feel that I have a, a legitimate chance to win this year. So I'm starting Kareem Hunt moving forward. He's my, my second best option at the running back position, but he's made me so red hot as I have started him several weeks uh, out of desperation, hoping for him to fall into the end zone. And he he's kind of let me down quite a bit this year. Yeah, for sure. Um, definitely with, you know, the talks of them being the best backfield, the best duo backfield, Chubb being your pure runner, as we've seen it this year. And then, you know, Kareem Hunt being the change of pace back that gets you, you know, uh, good rushing yards, good receiving yards, and can really help out in the pass game too. Um, I can agree with you. Uh, Timmy, what about you? Anybody that made you real red hot? Oh, yeah. it's This player I don't have specifically on my team, but their poor play has affected a bunch of players I put stock in, and that's Russell Wilson. I've had Javante Williams, Cortland Sutton, Jerry Judy across a couple different leagues, and they've all just disappointed me. And it all comes down to Russell Wilson, man. I don't want to be on this ride anymore. I want to put the horses in the stable. I'm done with I'm done with him. Um, yeah, uh, unfortunately, well, fortunately, I was able to make a nice trade to, to Colin early in the season with for Javante Williams. So sorry for that, Colin. But yeah. um, that still doesn't help me with the other leagues with Cortland Sutton and Jerry Judy. So yeah, I pretty much gave you a first round pick. Yeah, and he got injured the week the next week. He sure did. I got one week out of him. That was it. Yeah, I talked on the previous podcast about uh, me putting a lot of faith in the Russell and letting him cook. The name of my team is Burning in the Burning in the Kitchen with Russ. <laughs> um, and I actually dropped him, I think, last week or two weeks ago. So, you know, I didn't have as much stock as Timmy in him. I mean, I, did, I have Jerry Duty in the Dynasty League. But I put a lot of stock in Russ uh, because of where I got him at that time. I think it was the eighth, ninth or 10th round, some, some, a little bit farther in the draft. And I thought that was a steal because he was a, you know, a top 10 quarterback for the past five or six years in Seattle. So I, at that point, I thought it was a no brainer, but I'm with you hundred um, percent. We're going to move on to the next game. Um, this one is based off of a song that came out when we were about six years old. Um, if anybody remembers the Baja men, oh, yeah. they came out with a song and that song was called, Who Let the Dogs Out? Who, 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 who? So that is the name of the game in this one. Um, based on your teams this week, who played like an absolute dog? Colin, I'm going to start with you this time. Oh, yeah. All right. I got to go back to week nine here. Let's check it out. Man. Ugh. Well, my team has not been playing very well lately. So uh, that's that's a great question. But I would say over the last weeks and he's kind of flown under the radar and not a lot of people have paid attention to him um mccall hardman uh kansas city chief wide receiver uh, obviously they had a bye week eight but in week nine and week seven he's had some elite performances he got me 19 points this past week um he, he's scoring touchdowns he seems to be patrick mahomes go-to target in the red zone He's even uh, kind of taken on like this Devo Samuel role a little bit in Kansas City since they don't really have faith in a full-time running back there. They, they seem to be giving you know carries to just about anyone. So 
you want to put the ball in your playmaker's hands. And McCole Hardman is definitely one of their playmakers. He's got speed. He's shifty. Uh, now that they've lost Tyreek Hill, they're looking for that guy that's able to make explosive plays with what they call yak yards after the carry or yards after the catch. Um, so uh, he is definitely one of those guys that on a week-to-week basis, I mean, it's a boomer bust. You're starting him, in particular for me, I'm starting him out out of desperation, but he's really paid off for me, uh, and I think he's playing like a dog. For sure, I like that. Timmy, what about you? You know, I'm going to go to my Dynasty League for this week. Um, Dana, we played last week. The one you ripped me I, in? i got to be honest. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it was a rough week to be against me that, but – I'm gonna I'm gonna have a whole squad of dogs here. It's gonna be the New England defense. They had 26 points. They scored a touchdown. They had an interception, and they only allowed three points against the Coles. Um, that was a big reason why I, you know, sorry Dana, that was a big reason why I destroyed <laughs> you that week. But yeah, that was that's a whole squad of dogs. That's hard to go against. And looking forward, I think that defense is gonna keep getting better. Yeah, I would agree with you. I have a I have a game later on that kind of involves them, so uh, I don't want to talk too much about them. But I agree with you. I have them in one league that I started as well, and uh, they help put me over the top. Anytime a defense gets you some points is always is always good. Sobi, what about you? Round us off. Four. Same my answer. Uh, big shout out to Jake Matthews for the Atlanta Falcons who had his baby today, and then uh, there's a video of him running. To, to the match or to the Thursday night game, you know, not dressed up in the normal swag like everyone else with the with the Gucci and the chains and the you know all this jazz. He's he's just running from the straight straight from the hospital. It looks like so. I thought that was pretty sweet. <laughs> That's cool. Uh, yeah. Uh, one of my dog the dogs got to give it to Travis Kelsey. Ten receptions, hundred six yards. One of the key factors in the overtime win against the Tennessee Titans got me almost 21 points. I got to give it to the man and the Cleveland native, Mr. Kelsey. Nice. Yeah, he has an absolute awesome podcast with his brother, too. I've been listening to it. They've got great clips. They're they're really fun together. Um, You know, the person to be on We Love's Mom's podcast. Yeah, I would love to have him on the We Love Mom's podcast. Absolutely. Um, you know, the person I want to talk about, we talked about him a little bit in the, the game recap, um, and I've mentioned him in the past weeks as being a league winner, and I think that this this past performance has proved it. I think you're starting him regardless now, uh, now that he's taken the reins in Seattle, and that's Kenneth Walker. Um, he's just, he looks phenomenal. 7.9 points in a, in a PPR. Um, he just he looks great. That offense looks great, and the way that Geno's running the play action and able to pass the ball is only going to open it up more for uh, Kenneth Walker because they're not going to be stacking the boxes like they are. You know, for example, Carolina against Atlanta, they're going to be stacking the box. People playing against Derrick Henry, um, you know, it makes it harder when you have a lot of people in the box trying to stop you. But when you don't have as many, you can bust off for big runs. So big shout out to him. I think he's going to help me. Uh, make my playoff push in one of my leagues and potentially win. Um, uh, as a little shout out to the um, the Mystery Machine gang, and that is the uh, Scooby Doo. So we're gonna go with Scooby Doo, and this game is called Ruh-Roh Raggy. 
Um, after this week's performers, after this week's performance, is there anyone that you are now willing to drop, just completely drop from your team? Or is there anyone that you're willing to uh, we're going to start with Tim this time. Tim, you got anybody that you're willing to drop now? Yeah, this is a tough one. Um, I always seem to get, like, kind of emotionally attached to the guys I draft. But going Me back too. to Russell Wilson's team, um, one guy I'd really be willing to drop is Cortland Sutton. Uh, he started off really well. He was looking good. He was getting all the targets. And it's just slowly dwindled down. Um, I don't have a lot of faith in him. I think I could probably pick up somebody off the waiver wire and throw them in there and get more points and whatever. He's probably not going to get that week. <laughs> For sure. I can, I, yeah, that, that offense is, has really put been a thorn in my side. Uh, Colin, what about you? Yeah, I'm going to have to go with Brandon cooks on this answer. And uh, it's really a sad story because Brandon cooks coming into the year, you know, he's coming off several, you know, thousand yard seasons back to back to back. I uh, really thought that he, be the target in this Houston offense, but they're struggling. Uh, and obviously they, they found a gem in Damian Pierce as their lead back. And they seem to have, you know, turned to the running back um, as their, their lead horse going forward. But um, Brandon cooks wanted to be traded, was not traded at the trade deadline, uh, sat out last week's game for an undisclosed reason. Most people think that was because he threw a fit and left the training facility and did not want to be on the team anymore. He has now returned to the training facility, but he is still questionable for this week. Um, I would not be surprised if he just sits out the rest of the season. I mean, Houston really doesn't have anything to play for. Um, I mean, he, he's essentially trying to play to be on a new team starting next year, so it wouldn't be advantageous for him to do so. But uh, I wouldn't be surprised if Lovey Smith, um, you know, he, he could definitely ruin the chemistry of the team. He could, you know, attitude could be an issue moving forward. So for me, he projected to get 11 points this week, which is more than McCole Hardman, which is more than Curtis Samuel, two players that I'm starting over him. Um, he, he's going to be on my bench until further notice until I see that he's trusted in this offense and that he's even going to suit up for this team. So Brandon cooks would be my, my rub roll raggy. Yeah. And it's, it's hard to see because, you know, at the beginning, I believe it was off season. Um, wait, here it is. April 13th. He signed a two year extension with them. Um, you know, at, at that point you, you kind of, you know, you had the same pieces on that offense that you did at the beginning. Besides Damian Pierce, you you would think that you would kind of have a feel as to what that what that team was going to look like for you going forward. So to me, it's a little bit shocking that you would go and sign that and then you know not act the way you are because you know you're uh, Brandon Cooks is a phenomenal receiver. Um, but you know was, he was he had ahead a chance. Was that before or after Deshaun Watson trade? I'm not 100 percent sure. I don't have that information in front of me. That's what I wonder. Did he sign that thinking Deshaun Watson was going to be his quarterback moving forward, or did he, did he sign that after Deshaun Watson was traded? That's a good question. Um, and that could also mean a completely – you know, that also could change things. But with nowadays with the people being able to sign, you know, whenever they want to, you would think that with, with that uncertainty, knowing with all the allegations that was going on at the time, that would be something you hold off on. Um, I so looked I'll, it up. Oh, go ahead. Hard. March 18th uh, was the date of the Deshaun Watson trade. So he signed that deal after Watson was traded. 
Okay. So yeah. So again, you know, Cook's kind of new. You you would think at that point that you kind of know what you're getting into besides Damian Pierce. You're running the same offense that you had last year. So, um, you know, you can't really determine what he was thinking at the time, but that's quite all right. But I agree with you. Uh, Sobi, what about you? Is there, is there anybody on your team that you are dropping or that you're just going to be Did we lose Sobi? Is he clicking? Is that you clicking, Sobi? Uh, we'll come back to him. Okay. All right. We're going to go ahead and uh, we'll move on to the next game. Uh, so this one is a – it's a little bit of an Ohio song. Um, and it is from a uh, – it is a dog that is black and white, and he likes to lay on top of uh, his doghouse, and that is Snoopy. So this game is called Hang On, Snoopy. Snoopy, hang on. So a little bit of a similar one to the last one, but even though they haven't performed well, who do you want to just, who are you just really holding on to? Someone that you can't drop for whatever reason, whether you have an emotional attachment, whether you just think that they're going to be dogs going forward, who can you not get rid of? Who can you not drop right now? We're going to start with you, Colin. Oh man. Oh man. Um, so I guess big, um, I have Tom Brady. And I didn't always have Tom Brady. Someone had dropped him uh, several weeks ago. And I was starting to a Tagovailoa, and I'm still starting to a moving forward. But we've already talked about Tom Brady. I'm just keeping him on my bench. I'm hanging on to him for dear life because I'm hoping come fantasy playoffs that if I can get Jamar Chase back, I can get Mark Andrews back. And I now have Cooper Cup. And Tom Brady does Tom Brady things that I might be able to somehow sneak out some wins in the playoffs moving forward. And I think Tom Brady might be a catalyst of that if if they can finally figure it out in, in Tampa Bay. So I'm hanging on for dear life to Tom Brady. I'm hoping that now that the divorce is passed, that he is going to be able to move forward and uh, be the spark that this offense needs and not – you know, regret coming out of retirement um, to do whatever he's done this year so far. So I'm hanging on to dear life for Tom Brady, hoping that he will uh, be that 40 point performance on a weekly basis that he used to be. Yeah. Robert. I think, you can know, you guys hear I me? The way they are... yeah. 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 Oh, okay. Yeah. I don't know why back. you couldn't hear me before. <laughs> oh, all good. Uh, we'll, we'll go back to you, uh, Sabat. I'll, I'll ask you a double question in a second. Um, but Colin, I do want to ask in regards to Tom Brady, because I'm with you. Uh, I, I just, you got to hold on, you know, you got to hold on. But if, if, if Tom Brady starts putting up numbers, are you willing to start him to take that chance over Tua, who's been consistent? Yeah, I'm not going to start him until he has a week that he shows that he can do, you know, that 25, 30 point performance. Because right now Tua's putting up great numbers. He's in because their defense just, you know, allows a lot of points. So he has to throw the ball. He's got to get the ball to Tyreek Hill. He's got to get the ball to Jalen Waddle. So for the time being, I'm still starting to, uh, and it's going to take a lot for Tom Brady to change my mind. Um, but uh, I- I'm hanging on to hope because he's the GOAT. For sure, for sure. Sobe, I'm going to ask you a double question uh, since I didn't get your answer for the last one. So the last game was rut row raggy. Um, after this week's performance, is there anyone on your team that you're now willing to completely drop 
or that you're just going to be sitting until further notice? Yeah, fortunately, my answer's got to be. Yeah. And uh, with that being said, I drafted him with high hopes at the 37th pick. So what would that be, like second or third round? Um, yeah, third or fourth pers- round. Yeah. It was the fourth round. Yeah, with the personal altercations with the organization and McVeigh and um, he's just been pretty much good as good as dirt. I mean, the guy, <laughs> the guy is straight up horrible. He's averaging 3.9 points for me. You know, I'm at the point where I might just drop him. Um, or for some reason, if he might have a couple of good weeks, then he can make his way back in the roster. But he's one of those guys right now that I'm just keeping or ready to drop. Yeah, for sure. Especially at his ADP, you know, Timmy talked about it earlier about him not being too happy with, uh, you know, Jonathan Taylor based on where he, you know, it was a keeper, but based on where you drafted Jonathan Taylor, you're not super happy with that. Um, and I think you're feeling the same way about K-Makers. Um, they had high hopes for him. He was a, you know, I think his ADP was around average draft position. Um, I believe it was around the fourth round, you know, where Sobe got him third, fourth round, just based on, you know, what they expected from him because of the way he finished the last season, you know, in the Super Bowl but it just hasn't come to fruition. And that offense, I don't think looks good enough to even want to keep him around. So I, I could agree with you. Um, so we'll, since you're all caught up now, so be uh, the hang on Snoopy, hang on, even though they haven't performed well, who are you hanging on to? Um, I, I got a new guy on the roster. That Matt Collins from the Las Vegas Raiders. It's nothing special. Um, he averages about 10 points. Um, I picked him up because I needed, uh, I needed some receivers, um, keep him on, uh, on the roster because I think he definitely has some potential. I think he's the, either the number one or number two receiver. If you guys can correct me on that. Yeah. Yeah. With Hunter Renfro, you know, not being part of the, not being too much part of the equation, you know, because of injury and just the null factor of that offense. Um, Matt Collins has really stepped up, so I'm, I agree with you. I think that's awesome. Anything else you want to add about that, Sobe? I know you got kind of got, I got kind of cut off. No, yeah, I think uh, I think he's a solid backup if if he's if I need him uh, to fill in for a flex spot. Um, I think he's got a good position there in Las Vegas. So um, if I definitely need him, um, he's he's there. He's there when I need him. Yeah, for sure, Timmy. Who are you hanging on to? Who are you hanging on to for dear life? Yeah, with our keeper league, it's tough. I mean, my team is in rough shape. Jonathan Taylor would be an easy pick there, but I'm going to pivot to the Dynasty League. Um, Debo Samuel, and it's not like he's had a bad season, but compared to last year when he was the receiver two on the year, he's really underperforming. He's gotten an injury. Now they bring in Christian McCaffrey. A little bit worried about his touches per game. How often are they going to get him involved? Brandon Ayuk is starting to come into that into that team as well. Um, George Kittle's coming back from injury. So looking at Debo Samuel, it kind of seems like, did they forget about him? Um, how are they going to implement him back in? But overall, I think the talent's going to win out with him, and I'm really hoping down the stretch he's going to pay off for me. Yeah, I agree with you 100%, especially with Christian McCaffrey coming in. They put a lot of, you know, they put a lot of stock into bringing him in, and it's shown in the past few weeks, even the first week he was there, when he had, he had known the playbook for like three or four days or maybe a week max. Um, and he came in and caught passes, ran the ball. Um, 
you know, I, I still want to see them put Debo in the backfield, even if it's just for a few plays because he was explosive back there. I know he's a wide receiver, and that was, you know, part of his contract talks about, he, you know, he wanted to be more of a peer receiver before he signed the contract. Um, but as a runner, he was phenomenal. So that's kind of, you know, it's a little bit crazy to me. But, yeah, I, I completely agree with you. Um, so the last game I've got, um, this one should be, should be a little fun because I think we're going to have different – we're going to have differing opinions here. Um, and this one is called Put the D in Dog. Do you think defenses are undervalued, overvalued, or do you think they're just right? Um, or do you think anybody is too high on defenses? Um, Sobi, what do you think about defenses in, in regards to fantasy? In my opinion, defenses wins championships no matter what. Um, if you have a solid, rock-solid offense – it doesn't mean shit if you uh, if your defense can't can't seal the deal, um, can't put pressure on the quarterback, can't put pressure on the the uh, the, the running back, uh, you know back back end the uh, offensive lineman, you know provide pressure overall to the to the offense as a whole. Um, I think they're definitely undervalued. Um, granted that people pick defenses in the last few rounds of the draft every year. Um, or you could be like me and just draft them in like the ninth round, just because you know I want to get a good defense. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, I think they're definitely uh, underrated, and so really consider your defenses uh, a little bit early on. Timmy, what are you thinking when it when it comes to defenses and fantasy? You know, I think they're just right. If you hit on a really good defense, like I mentioned before last week with the Patriots, it can change your whole week. Um, that's not always going to happen, and it's kind of hard to, to determine who's going to break out that year in terms of what team is going to have a good defense, and there's so many different factors that can go into it. But, yeah, I would say they're just right. Um, it's fun watching uh, that score go up if something crazy happens, <laughs> but it's also very, very stressful if you just need like two points and you're up against somebody like the Bills and your defense is just holding on for dear life. For sure. there's I've had the Dolphins D in Dynasty because defenses are a little slim when it comes to Dynasty. Um, and there's been multiple weeks where they've gotten me negative points, um, which could be the reason, part of the reason why I'm, you know, one in seven, but that's not the ultimate reason. So, um, you know, I, I, I can agree with you there. Uh, Colin, what do you think? I ultimately hate the defensive position in fantasy football. I, I have tried to get rid of it in our league. I've put it on the ballot as like, a, hey, do you want to keep defenses? Do you want to keep kickers? And I was a kicker myself kicking <laughs> on the high school football team. It, it, it's just too hard to predict on a week-to-week basis what this, you know, defense is going to do. Um, It doesn't necessarily translate in terms of who has the best players on defense. Um, I almost would rather have an IDP, which is an individual defensive player, um, where you get to pick a defensive player, could be a linebacker, could be a DN, could be a corner, um, that, you know, would replace that DST position. Um, I mean, obviously it gets a little bit more involved in terms of having to know players on the defensive end of, of the field, but um, that would almost be my preference over having a, a DST. 
But uh, I, I think DST is obviously our standard, so it, it's here to stay. Um, but I've, I've been in that position where you have a defense and they get you negative points, and it's like, man, if I just wouldn't have started this defense, <laughs> I would have done better. <laughs> Uh, and then obviously I had the Patriots in one of the, the leagues this week as well. So they got us something like 26 points. So um, I think it's kind of fluky and it, it could be really devastating to your team, but it also could win you a week out of the blue. So for me, I don't like them. I would rather have an IDP, but uh, I think they're here to stay regardless. Yeah, there's a lot of mixed opinions on on defenses and their special teams. Um, you know, it, in my in my perspective, I agree with Timmy that I think I think they are just right. Um, but I also think when it comes to trades, they're a little bit undervalued. Um, I've offered multiple people packages this year um, in in fantasy in our keeper league um, to get rid of maybe one of my receivers or a tight end and to give up the Philly defense. And the the thing that I pitch to them because that's that's what's so much fun about fantasy football and trades is that you're trying to pitch what you think can make their team better but is also going to benefit you so it's kind of like a little sales pitch um and you know i tried my best um i had no interest in the in in the philadelphia defense but my pitch was going forward the teams that they're going to be facing so they're the they're the third ranked defense are averaging 10 points if a defense you know as we talked in tight ends if a defense gets me 10 points a week i'm super happy about that um so i tried to make a pitch with a few packages because of their schedule and the way that the that defense has been playing make a difference for you know especially come playoff time if you have a bad defense that only gets you two or three versus someone else's defense who gets you who gets them you know between eight and ten that's a five point swing and in fantasy that's a, a pretty significant number um, so when it comes to normal defenses, a lot of people stream them, um, which is fine. I'm all about that too. Um, but don't forget about your defenses come playoff time, everybody. Um, can, uh, Colin, thank you so much for letting me host this week's games. That is all I had. I'm going to ask you a reciprocal question about defenses, Dana, uh, cause I think you'll have a very different opinion from me. Um, let's say the Eagles defense goes on a bye. Are you willing to drop a stashed wide receiver or a stashed running back to pick up another defense and have two or perhaps even three defenses on your roster in order to keep a Eagles defense or what is you know considered an elite defense um, on a bye and have multiple defenses on your roster? So... Um, I'm going to say yes, only because it's, it is what I, it is what I tend to do. Um, the reason I do it is because for, in, in my perspective, um, like when I look at the waiver wire, I typically leave, um, and this is just my way of playing fantasy, but I typically leave, you know, one to two people on my bench that I not, I don't want to say don't care about, but that I'm willing to drop at, you know, maybe not a drop of a hat, but people that I'm just kind of holding on to, to see, you know, what happens, maybe a handcuff or an insurance back. Um, or I leave an empty bench slot open for these types of reasons in case during the week, I want to, you know, pick up a tight end. If something happens, like a great example is Darren Waller um, out of the blue in one league, he just went on IR after being a limited practice. So um, I had to go and drop a person, but typically I'll, I'll leave that kind of spot. Um, but I do like to, you know, keep them depending on the defense. Um, obviously, like, I, I for some reason this year, I have a really 
really special place in my heart for the Eagles defense only because their schedule, I mean, even though they're in a division that's actually pretty good, um, their schedule's fairly easy when it comes to offenses. So I held on to them for a while and they had a, one of the earlier buys. So, you know, if I was competing for a championship, it would be normal. Um, but I was able to pick up the Patriots defense who I actually started last week or who I didn't start, who was on my bench. Um, but that's just an example. So I, I'm the kind of person that I like to keep, you know, a person or two on my bench that I don't, you know, that I'm willing to drop because um, just waivers in general, there's not a lot of people out there that I go and look at every day that I'm, you know, that I'm excited to actually put at the end of my bench and, you know, drop the Patriots defense for, for example. Yeah. And I'll admit, I typically don't do this, but uh, I did stash the Patriots defense as they are on a buy this week. And I, I picked up another defense, but nine times out of 10, I'm dropping a defense that's on a buy regardless of who they are. And I'm picking up who I think will be a good fill in defense for that week. And, uh, you know, and then worry about the defense position later on. It's so volatile. It's so hit or miss um, that, yeah, there's very few defenses that I'd be willing to keep on my bench. And since I draft my defense in the last round, I'm not getting the bills or, you know, those elite defenses that, you know, are competitive on a year to year basis. So nice. Well, I appreciate the questions, Dana. We're going to run through a very, very quick preview of week 10. And I just want to hear everyone's predictions as to who you think are going to win each of these games right now, just an update on the Thursday night game. It is halftime and the Panthers are up 13 to three. We all picked the Falcons. So we're not off to a good start, but, uh, Let's see, week 10, we'll start with the Cleveland Browns and the Dolphins. Um, Dolphins are at home in this one. Browns are coming off their bye week. Miami's a three-and-a-half-point favorite. Um, Nick Chubb, obviously, is the, the lead guy for the Browns that is a must-start. I'm picking the Browns in this one. It's not a homer pick, even. I just think the Browns uh, have started to click a little bit. Players are coming back from injury. Ward will be back this week to hopefully shut down Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle. Um, to me, I think the Browns win in a shootout because uh, both of these defenses have struggled this year. It'll be close, um, and it's going to be a hot one in Miami. It's supposed to be 84 degrees of game time. I'm picking the Browns. Dana? It was a huge win on Monday night for the Browns on, on Halloween. That was fun to watch um, against Joe Burrow. But I, I got to pick the Dolphins in this one in Miami. Timmy. Yeah, Dana, I agree. I'm going to go with the Dolphins, but it breaks my heart. <laughs> Sobe? The Dolphins as well. Oh, boo. I thought Sobe was going to pick the Browns. Yeah, Sobe I, always picks the Browns. Trust but... me, I, I wanted to say, say the B word very badly. Oh, uh, well – the next game, surprisingly, is going to be the first NFL game held in Germany, of all places. Um, this is the Seahawks and the Buccaneers. We just talked a little bit ago about the Seahawks and their 6-3 and three start. Um, however, I am going with the Buccaneers in this game. Tom Brady gets right. Uh, I think you're starting all of his wide receiver options. That would be Chris Carter, Chris Carson, goodness, Chris Godwin, uh, Mike Evans, uh, and even Kate Otten, who uh, – Dana mentioned earlier at tight end. I'm going to go Buccaneers in a close one here in Germany. Uh, Timmy. 
yeah, I think this is going to be a defensive battle. The Bucks defense is very stout. Um, yeah, I'm going to go with the Bucks as well. I just, uh, I just think Tom Brady is going to continue to get better this season. Soby. Ik liebe Buccaneers. Guten Tag. Scheiße, scheiße, scheiße. Wow, wow. Those are all the only German words you know. We do have uh, in Germany, so they're going to they're gonna, uh, love this segment of the show. So fantastic. Yeah. Uh, Dana, <laughs> did we even get out of that, Sobe? Did you pick the Buccaneers? I don't know. I mean, did you understand my German? Uh, <laughs> hair boy, hair boy taught us well. Yes, that's shout out. All right, I'm going. Dan, who are you picking? Oh, uh, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with the Bucks. I think that win last week against the Rams lit a fire under Tom Brady's butt. Um, and you know, as much as I like the Seahawks, I would love to see this be a shootout. I think that, that this would be a really, really fun game to watch to give give the German fans what they want a shootout. Give them points. Very nice. The next one is the game I was referring to earlier where I thought it was the Vikings and the Eagles, but no, it's the Vikings and the Bills. Um, two elite offenses. Vikings are 7-1. Bills are 6-2 and two, coming off the loss against the Jets. Josh Allen, we don't know. Is he healthy? Is he not? It's going to be in windy, cold Orchard Park, New York. So Bills are at home in this one. I think... If Josh Allen starts, you have to go with the Bills. If Josh Allen doesn't start, I would not be surprised to see the Vikings come in and win this game. So I don't think Josh Allen's starting this game. I'm going with the Vikings. Uh, Sobe, your pick. I got the Vikings as well. Oh, Dana. I believe the three-and-a-half-point Buffalo line that it currently is at is with Josh Allen starting. I think if Josh Allen doesn't start, that that line shifts to the Vikings' favor. Um, but I'm going to put a little bit of faith in Case Keenum, and I'm going to say the Buffalo Bills win this one. Timmy. Yeah, I think Josh Allen's not going to play this game, and I don't know how the Vikings keep getting so lucky, but I'm going to go with them. Yeah, they do seem a little bit lucky at that 7-1 and record. A lot of these games have been by one score, um, but good teams find ways to win, whether it's by a lot or a little. Uh, the next game, a nice NFC North matchup, the Lions and the Bears coming off of wins for both of them. No, the Bears lost to Miami, but it was a shootout last week. They are a three-point favorite at home at Soldier Field. Justin Fields, I think, is just going to tear up this Lions defense. I'm going the, with the Bears in a blowout. It's only a three-point uh, line right now, but I'm going Bears blowout over the Lions. Uh, let's go Dana. Give me Justin Fields against the historically worst defense in the NFL. Bears, baby. Timmy. I'm going Lions. I think this is going to be a shootout, but I think Jared Goff is going to get it done with DeAndre Swift coming back. Oh, and you there, SOB? I'm here. Did you guys say my name or did it break out? No, you're good. No worries. Lions or Bears? Who do you think? Uh, I'm going to give it to to the underdogs, the Detroit Lions, for this matchup. Oh, all right. 
Next game is the Broncos and the Titans. Titans losing a heartbreaker uh, last week in overtime against the Kansas City Chiefs. They're at home in this one. Broncos, we've talked about them several weeks in a row. Timmy has brought his frustrations onto the show this week with Cortland Sutton. Uh, I think you have to go with the Titans in the game. They're favorite at home. I think Derrick Henry, uh, they're going to have to run the ball because uh, the, the Denver defense uh, is very good in the secondary. I think Derrick Henry has a big game uh, and it ultimately this one. Timmy. If Tannehill doesn't play this game, I think it's just going to be a very ugly, hard-to-watch game. But that being said, I'm going to take the Broncos. Well, you don't like Malik Willis throwing oh, for gosh, week or whatever it was? That was an ugly game. I uh, It was so hard to – uh, if he could just <laughs> throw the ball a little bit better, I think they could be a really great team with him, his running ability. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see if he is their future quarterback moving forward because – yeah, he really struggled throwing the ball, but he is a weapon with his leg. Um, and I, I see more and more quarterbacks in the NFL going the Lamar Jackson, Kyler Murray, Justin Fields route, and Malik Willis was supposed to be another name on that list. So we'll see. Uh, Sobe, Titans or Broncos? I got the Titans on this one as well. And Dana? I like Pat Sertan for the Broncos. I think he's a dog. They just got rid of Bradley Chubb from that defense. I can't talk bad about Russell Wilson and then pick him, so I got to go with the Tennessee Titans. <laughs> Fair enough. Next game is the Chiefs and the Jaguars at Arrowhead. Uh, Jaguars coming off a win the Las Vegas Raiders. Uh, the Chiefs are nearly a 10-point favorite in this game. Uh, I think you have to go with the Chiefs. I think they go up big, honestly, early in this game. Uh, and we might actually get to see some running from the Chiefs. Maybe it's uh, CEH. Maybe it's Jarek McKinnon. Maybe it's Isaiah Pacheco. I'm not going to be one guessing. I'm not starting any of those guys. But I do think the Chiefs win this one in overwhelming fashion. Soby, Chiefs or Jaguars? Without a doubt. Dana? I like what I've seen from Trevor Lawrence this year. I think he's making a nice sophomore year of himself, uh, but I'm picking the Chiefs. Timmy. This will be a great fantasy game for viewers, but again, I'm going to take the Chiefs. The next game, the New York Giants, who we didn't talk about a lot on the show today. You know, we talked about, do we think the Jets are legit? I think we're on the same page. It does appear that they are legit. They did just beat Super Bowl contenders, the the Buffalo Bills, but New York Giants, they're six and two coming off their bye, playing against the Houston Texans at home. They're a four and a half point favorite. Saquon Barkley, one of Dana's favorite players in the league, is really uh taken off this year. He stayed healthy. I'm knocking on wood right now to make sure he stays that way. Um but moving forward, the New Giants look like a, a legitimate playoff team. I'm going to say they win this one, but it's going to be a battle of the running backs. Damian Pierce, Saquon Barkley, uh, especially in New Jersey, uh, where there might be some rain this weekend left over from the hurricane in Florida. Uh, let's go, Sobe. Without a doubt, the Giants for the W. Dana. I've said it before. I'm, I really like you know, I'm so happy that Saquon came back from, from his injury the way he did and has really, really mustered up my fantasy team. 
anybody who drafted Saquon this year, you probably got him outside the top three or four rounds, unless you had him in the keeper league. I know in one of my redraft leagues, he was drafted in the fifth round, and you're obviously extremely happy with that going with the Giants. Timmy? Yeah, I think this is going to be a fun game to watch if you're a fan of running backs. Damian Pierce is one of the angriest people on the planet just running the ball, but I'm going to go with the Giants here. Next game is uh, Steelers and the Saints. Uh, Our AFC North rivals are at home in Pittsburgh, but they are a a one-and-a-half-point underdog. It uh, does appear that the uh, the bookies think that this is going to be a really close game. I also think it's going to be a really close game. However, I think the Saints are going to come back after the Monday night loss against the Ravens in this one. I think they win. Chris Olave hoping that he gets back on track with maybe a touchdown this week. As long as Andy Dalton keeps throwing the ball the way he has been, I think he's going to continue to start for them. But, man. The, the fall of Jameis Winston is really sad to see, honestly. I was a fan of Jameis Winston with his time at, at Tampa Bay, but uh, it does appear that he's been replaced by the Red Rockets, uh, Andy Dalton. So I'm going Saints in this one. Dana? I love seeing Chris Olave um, coming from Ohio State, him now being the number one with Michael Thomas being shut down for the year. Um, obviously I'm a Saints fan. I have to pick the Saints, but I am really glad to see Chris Olave and the way he runs Ross. He looks really good in the NFL. Timmy. Not at all a Steelers fan, as I'm sure none of you are either. But with that being said, the, the Steelers are in a tough spot right now, but they will. They always seem to hang into games. So I'm going to take the Steelers here. And Sobe? Got the Saints. I got your uh, your team there, Dana. Who that? Colts and Raiders, two ugly teams, honestly, this season. We've already talked about the Colts and perhaps their, you know, attempting of tanking. Uh, and then the Las Vegas Raiders, who went in all full out this year and uh, has not paid off for them whatsoever. This is in Las Vegas. I'm going to pick the Raiders in this one. They are four-and-a-half-point favorite. I think Josh Jacobs gets back on track, especially after Damian Pierce um, has run all over the Colts this year, and several other te- uh, you know running backs have run all over the Colts this year. Um, Devontae Adams, another a big game from him, hopefully, uh, as I have him in a league. So uh, I'm going to go Raiders getting back on track in this one. Uh, let's go Timmy. Yeah, this should be a good get-right game for the Raiders. I completely agree with you. I'm going to go with them. Sobe. Um, I'm going to go – this is a tough call, but since we've been dogging on Colts this whole time, yeah. Probably... <laughs> Fair enough. Dana? If these offenses play play it right, you know, if Jonathan Taylor plays and looks good, this could be a fun game to watch, running back battle and, you know, Michael Pittman, Devontae Adams. I'm going to go with the Raiders, but this could be a fun game. Yeah, if the Colts coaches even know what they're calling because – like, Saturday, baby. Yeah, they don't have a coach on staff that has called a single play in the NFL, so that will change this weekend. But um, it'll be interesting to see. Cowboys-Packers, you know, what promised to be a really good game at the beginning of the year, I'm sure, you know, they they put this one at 425 for a reason, hoping that this would be a big game at Lambeau Field. Dallas is a four-and-a-half-point favorite on the road. Uh, I just – Aaron Jones potentially out injured. You got obviously Romeo Dobbs out injured. 
Aaron Rodgers looking the way that he looks. You got to go with the Dallas defense leading the way in this one against Aaron Rodgers, making it really hard on him. I'm going to say the Cowboys find a way to win a tight one. Um, I think it'll be close. Toby. Um, let's see here. Uh, I'm going to get – this is for Cowboys and Packers. Correct. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna go I'm gonna go for the underdogs this week. I'm gonna go for Green Bay. All right, Dana. Aaron Rodgers threw two um, two interceptions in the red zone. I think they were both within like the ten. Actually, um, I don't think this is a I don't think this is a get right game for him. Uh, Romeo Dobbs projected to be out. Aaron Jones looking like he's not gonna play too much. Um, if you have AJ Dillon and room and uh, Aaron Jones is out, you start him. But I'm still going with the Cowboys. Timmy, yeah, that Cowboys defense is ferocious. Uh, I just don't see how Aaron Rodgers, with the current weapons he has now, can can make something happen against that. So I'm gonna go with the Cowboys. Rams at home against the Cardinals. Uh, this is a huge divisional matchup. Um, both these teams are trying to find some way to salvage their season. Uh, it's it's honestly a must-win for both these teams. The Rams are a one-and-a-half-point favorite at home, but uh, traveling fans always find a way to pack uh, you know, SoFi Stadium. Uh, obviously, they find a way to go on vacation in Los Angeles the week that their team is there. So there will be a ton of Cardinals fans there. I think the Cardinals find a way to win this game. I, I, Kyler Murray scrambles enough. Um, perhaps, you know, he's got 59 carries, 359 yards on the season. Uh, he's their leading running back on the year. Um, I, I think he does enough to, to create some, some magic, and the Cardinals win a close one here. Dana. Uh, from the most recent reports, Kyler is a legitimate question mark to play. Um, so if he doesn't play, I have to pick the Rams, but I'm going to go ahead and assume that he's going to play through whatever injury that he has. Um, I'm going to pick the Cardinals, but this is two disappointing offenses when you started the year thinking these two were going to be red hot. Timmy. Yeah. Um, on the flip side of that, I, I'm pretty sure Matt Stafford is in concussion protocol right now. And with the stricter guidelines that the NFL has implemented in the last couple of weeks, I don't think he plays this week, even if he's actually okay. So with that, I'm going to go with the Cardinals um, in the hopes that Kyler Murray plays. Soby? I'm going to go for the Cardinals. Yeah. We have two games left. The Sunday night game is the Chargers and the 49ers, Battle of California. This one is in San Francisco. They are a seven-point favorite at home. Hard to believe, in all honesty. I know the Chargers are banged up. Um, they've had a struggling offense this year. But they still have the weapons of Austin Eckler. Uh, Josh Palmer seems to be you know, connecting well with Justin Herbert. 49ers defense, they're coming off a bye, if I'm not mistaken, as well. They're going to be well-rested. I understand why they're the favorite. I'm going to pick the 49ers in this game. Tim? Yeah, I'm going to go with the 49ers as well. There's just not enough firepower on the Chargers offense to keep up with the 49ers. Sobey? I'm going to I'm gonna go for the 49ers this uh, week as well. Dana? I think there's too many injuries on the Chargers side to pick them. I, I like that seven point favorite for the 49ers as well. 
And finally, our Monday night game, the Eagles and the Commanders, an NFC East matchup. This one is in Philadelphia. Philadelphia looking to become 9-0. and They're already off to their franchise's best start. They're an 11-point favorite on Monday night at home against the Commanders, um, who I believe will still be starting uh, Taylor Heineke, as Carson Wentz is still dealing with his uh, thumb injury. Um I mean, I think it's obvious. I think the Eagles win big here. I think uh, Jalen Hurts and A.J. Brown connect in prime time, um, and I think they win by a few scores. Let's go, Sobe. Yeah, I mean, I could probably put money on it, but I'm going to definitely go for the Eagles. Dana? I'm also going to pick the Eagles, and I also think back to defenses to prove a point. I think the Eagles' defense – will score more fantasy points than all of the Washington Commanders running backs combined. That's how confident I am in the Eagles D this week. Fly, Eagles, fly. Do you want to do, do that bet? I mean, what, what kind of bet? I was just kind of throwing it out there. Uh, oh, I like it. I like <laughs> it. I, I say that Brian Robinson and Antonio Gibson combined for more points than the Eagles defense this week. And you just said the- – just the two of them? You're giving me uh, the other back, not even counting? Okay. McKissick's going to play in this game. Um, but even if he does, I, I think he'll be limited. So I'm just going to say Antonio Gibson and Brian Robinson combined for more points than the Eagles' defense. You want to take that bet? Let's Bragging do it. Bragging rights. Bragging rights for the game. All right. Fantastic. And, Timmy, round us out. Who wins this game? Eagles. Um, while I like the commanders, I think Taylor Heineke's a fun guy to to watch play. I don't think they I don't think they pull it out. And Dana, that that bet you guys made is a terrifying one. <laughs> that's bold, Timmy. That's bold. That's very bold. Timmy, you you taking my side on the bet? Is that what you're saying? Now all you need is a couple of receptions or you that's know, all- Brian Robinson or Antonio Gibson to fall into the end zone, you know? Hey, Tim, I might get a few receptions for my defense if you know what I'm saying. <laughs> Very true. Yeah, that's true. That is true. Uh, I'm in- I'm interested to see what happens there. I'm going to keep track of it um, just so I can uh, have bragging rights on next week's show. But, <laughs> um, thank you for staying with us. I know, again, another two-hour show, but lots to talk about, obviously. We love fantasy football. Thank you to Timmy Reagan for being on this week's show. Yeah, Tim- thank you, Timmy. Any uh, final for me. or yeah, any final words for the the listeners? Hey, we love moms. We love That's all you need to know. We right. love moms and biryani. Oh, don't you worry, Sobi. I was coming to you next. Sobi was back on the show this week. Thanks for coming back on. I know he's been busy the last few weeks, um, but really excited to see how these Week Ten games go. Um, thanks again for listening to the We Love Moms Fantasy Football Podcast. Until next week. See ya. See ya. See ya.